Everyone get your book tonight, 320. Get ready to stay in just a second. Let them play. 320, everyone up tonight, please. 320. Trust and obey on the first now. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and everyone take a few moments and get out of your seats and fellowship shake hands Fear of 
is good to see everyone out tonight. And we got some faces that's normally not here on Wednesday night. Our Awana finished up this past week, and it's good to see most of you in the auditorium tonight. It's good to have you and others. Good to have everyone. We want to go to the Lord in prayer and remember the young people in the back having their service, and we want to remember to pray for our pastor. He is finishing up a meeting tonight in Campbellsville, Kentucky. Brother Larry Rhodes, he's been here and uh, preached a time or two, I believe, and that's where Brother Ken is, finishing up a meeting tonight. So we want to remember him in prayer and then remember the services here. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask his blessing upon the evening and everything that goes on. It's good to have Brother Andy Ramsey with us tonight. If you don't mind, would you lead us in prayer? Yes. Remain standing. We'll continue to sing. Page 561, since Jesus came into my heart. 561. Wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have lied in my soul for which long I have sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. your books turn to page number 401 do something a little bit different sitting at the feet of jesus think about the words in this song then this is a really really good song and let's just sing this song hymn tonight and just worship and think about the words in this tonight get an attitude of coming in tonight and not just worship but learning also everything that brother brian the lord's given him tonight so let's just sing this all together tonight Look up. 
That's good singing. I can't think of any place I'd rather be. Can you sitting at the feet of Jesus? I ask the ushers to come if they will at this time. We'll take up our regular Wednesday evening offering. And as you know, everything taken up on Wednesday night goes toward uh, our Bible conference and helps pay all the costs involved in, in the Bible conference and motels and food and everything involved there. So you be faithful in your giving, and I know the Lord will bless you for doing so. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for the privilege to be able to be in your house. Thank you for the privilege we have to be able to sit at the feet of Jesus and what a precious time that is. And Lord, we pray that tonight during this service that we'll be able to sit at your feet, listen to your words, and to hear you speak to our hearts. And Lord, we pray you'll just bless us now as we give. I pray you'll bless the offering and use it for the furtherment of your kingdom. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
or about Sunday, a week ago, we told you that was J.C.'s last Sunday, and it was, and we was hoping you'd get to be back with us before he leaves. Are you leaving tomorrow? Leaving tomorrow morning. So I went back there and just thought, you know, before he leaves one last time, we get to hear him, because he'll be back end of August before we get to hear him again, the end of August. So, but we wanna, we've asked him to come and sing for us tonight. Great. 
Amen. JC, we're going to miss you. 10 or 11 weeks? 13 weeks. I have one uh, word of advice to give you. Pack plenty of pants. <laughs> I'm going to tell something on JC. When we went to Roma- Romania and Ukraine two years ago, we got through the first, we were gone for three weeks, so we're about the same amount of days in, in Romania and Ukraine, and we was about halfway through, we was at the end of the first week, and had a big banquet, and I was sick, several of us got sick, I think you remember us telling you about that, and I wasn't able to go, and it was just about time for the banquet, and I was sick, laying in bed, and I heard a knock at my door, and I opened up the door, and there stood JC, and he had that kind of a, a sheepish, embarrassed look on his face, and he says, you have a pair of pants I can borrow you. <laughs> And I gave him a pair of pants, and I said, man, you get these dirty, I'm going to kill you. And, and he didn't. He said he, he strapped about three or four napkins across, the, across his lap while he was eating dinner that night. But we are going to miss him, and I hope he has a, a wonderful, wonderful summer. I don't know about you, but I thank God that I'm redeemed. How about you? Praise the Lord. Thank God for the day that he saved me. I wonder, I was thinking about it today. I wonder, does anybody have a testimony you'd like to give? You might just want to stand up and say, praise the Lord, I've been redeemed. Does anybody have a testimony that you've some? Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord for answered prayer there. Hallelujah. Wonderful, wonderful. Anybody else? Anybody have a testimony that, on your heart? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Another answer to prayer. Aren't you thankful we serve a God that answers prayer? Mm-hmm. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anybody have a testimony? Sister? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good to have you. Good to have you. Yesterday is your spiritual birthday. Praise the Lord for that, Sister Mary. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Anybody else have a word of testimony you'd like to share tonight? All right. Take your Bible, if you would, and find Psalm 121. Psalm 121. I want to bring a message tonight from these eight verses, Psalm 121. And I would give it the title of this. Help. (laughs) Have you ever been in a shape where that's all you knew to cry? Help. Well, I think that's what the psalmist was crying here in Psalm 121. So that's what I want to title the message. Help. Psalm 121. If you found your place, stand to your feet out of the public respect for the public reading of the Word of God. And I want to read these eight verses. And then we'll bring the message tonight that I, the Lord's laid on my heart. And I trust they'll be a blessing to you. They've been a tremendous help to me. And I hope I will always remember them. And when I get into those times where I need help, nobody else I can turn to, nobody else can help me but God... Turn to Psalm 121 and read what the psalmist had to say. Psalm 121, begin reading in verse number 1. He says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. You may be seated. 
And then we'll look at this wonderful psalm, these few verses here, and I want to give you a few thoughts that the Lord's laid upon my heart this week. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the day that I was redeemed. And thank you for the day that many of these sitting here tonight, they're thinking right now, they're thinking of the day, thinking of the time, that moment where you redeemed them. And we thank you that you did die upon that cross. You shed your precious blood so that we could be redeemed. And Lord, I do pray there it's possible there may be somebody here tonight who does not know you as their Lord and Savior. They are not redeemed. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to their heart, and I pray that they would come see one of us, come see me or uh, somebody else in the church that could help them and show them how they can know that they have eternal life. But Lord, I pray now as we look into your word, Lord, I pray you'll speak to us through your word. Lord, I pray that you would energize my words with your spirit. I pray you'll anoint what's said, and I pray that you'll just use it uh, to encourage all of us here tonight. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think you would agree probably one of the most powerful words in the English language is the word help. The word help, when somebody cries out the word help, it is the ultimate admission of humility. Only the humble, only those that are broken would, would ever use that word. A man who's proud, a man who is arrogant wouldn't dare cry out, cry for help. I like what one writer had to say for, about help and how he described help. He said, help is the cry of a mother with four children, three dogs, two cats, a parakeet, and a week at home while her husband is away in Hawaii on a business trip. Help is the cry of a college student who sat down in front of his final exam only to discover that he has spent hours studying the wrong chapters. And help, I was thinking about this just a moment ago, we got some of our Awana workers in here, I would say help is the cry of an Awana worker who has 45 students in front of them and all of the leaders called in sick. They need help. But more on a serious note, help is the cry of a man sitting at a table surrounded by a stack of unpaid bills, hungry children, an empty bank account with no job in sight. Help is the cry of a woman who has poured her life into her marriage and into her home for 25 years only to have her husband come home one evening and say, I'm leaving, I don't love you anymore, I've found someone else. How many of you here tonight have ever been in a shape, ever been in a circumstance where you just cried out, help? Is there anybody else here that, that has been in that shape? I've been in that shape. Want to go a step further? Has any of you ever been in a circumstance, ever been in the place where only God could be your help? Anybody ever been in that shape? Help. There's an old familiar story, and you probably heard it, about the man that was walking along the cliff. He's walking too close. He fell off, fell off the cliff, and about a third of the way down the fall, he happened to reach out and grab a hold of a vine that was growing out of the rock. And as he, as he dangled there from that vine, he looked down. Thousands of feet below him was a rocky base. And he began to cry, as you and I would. He began to cry, help, somebody help me, somebody help me. And he heard a voice from heaven, and it said, my son, I will help you. And he was startled, and he said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're here. It's so good to hear your voice. Please help me. Get me out of this predicament. And God said, I will help you, but you have to do exactly what I ask you to do. And the man said, I will do anything you ask me to do. Just please get me out of this mess. And God says, all right, let go of the vine. And the fellow says, what? God said, let go of the vine. Are you kidding me? Are, are you serious? You want me to let go of the vine? And God said, if you want me to help you, let go of the vine. And the fellow studied it over for a moment, thought for a while, and he looked back up into heaven and he said, is anybody else up there? This fellow, he needed help. Well, if you're in a position tonight, or all of us, and there may be just one or two here tonight, but all of us sometime in our life, we're going to find ourselves in a situation where we need help. 
And the only help that we have and the only hope that we have is going to be whether or not God will intervene. And if you're here tonight or when you find yourself in that situation where you need help and the only person that can help is God, I want to tell you, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged because God has you exactly where he wants you to be. Apparently in Psalm 121, the psalmist was in dire need of help. Evidently he was in such a place and in such a predicament that he desperately needed help and there was no place else for him to turn but to God. And in this, in this situation, whatever the situation was, we don't know what it was, but whatever, however the, whatever the problem was, whatever was causing him to cry out for help, in that situation God showed him three powerful, three important lessons that I believe that the psalmist, the writer of this psalm, never, never forgot. And I want to share them with you this evening. I like what one writer said when he's talking about, he's studying Psalm 121. He said, when you study the lesson, when you understand the lesson of Psalm 21, you can build yourself an ark that will get you through the stormy seas and the furious floods that you are going to face in your life. So I would encourage you tonight maybe to jot down these three things that we find in Psalm 121 that we will need, that you will need when you come to that place where you can just simply cry out to God, help. God showed the psalmist in this situation, he showed him three things. First of all, I would say this. The psalmist found out, first of all, that the Lord is our provider. The Lord is our provider. Now, I'm not sure about this, but when you read Psalm verse number 121, verse 1, it reads this. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. Now, as I read about and I studied that verse this week, some of the writers actually said that that's actually a question. I don't know if that's true or not, because when they wrote in those days, they didn't use punctuation. They didn't use question marks and periods. But some suggest that that's a question. From whence comes my help? The author, whoever's writing here, finds himself in a situation, in a place... And he's saying, I'm looking under the hills. Where is my help coming from? Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, he's doing the exact same thing that you and I do many times when we find ourselves in trouble. The psalmist, if that's the case, he was looking every place but the right place. He he tried everything but the right thing. He asked every person but the right person. And he went down every avenue, and every avenue he found, every avenue he went down, he found that it was a dead-end street. You see, the answers, that, the answers to the problems that you and I face, whether they be our home problems, whether they be personal problems, whether they be church problems, government problems, leadership problems, or even our nation's problems, the answers to the problems of this life are not found in the hills of humanistic living. They're not found in the halls of higher learning. They are found in the heaven of our holy Lord. That's where you find the help to the problems that you face in your life. And there may be somebody tonight where you, are exa- you can identify with the writer of this psalm. You are in a place in your life where you don't know where to go. You don't know which way to turn. There, there are circumstances, there are situations in your life, and the only thing you know to do, the only thing you know to say is help. I would say to you, make sure you're looking to the right place. Don't go down this way and that way. There is a place you can go and you can get help in your time of need and in your time of trouble. I think of what Jeremiah, how Jeremiah warned the nation of Israel. They were looking around trying to find help for their problems. And he says, truly, in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of the mountains. Truly, in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. It's a fact that all of us, every one of us here tonight, are going to be shaken by the tremors of trials, tribulation, and troubles. And when those times come, I hope you will understand that God is your provider. 
And he shares with us three things that God will provide for you in those times of trouble, in those times of need. When you get in those desperate situations, remember God is your provider, and he will provide three things. Look at verse number 2. Verse number 2 tells us that he will provide security. He will provide security. Verse 2 says, My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't think of a greater person. I can't think of anybody else I'd rather turn to in my time of need than the one who created this universe. He is the God that is higher than the hills. He is the God that is mightier than the mountains. He is the God that is above all the armies. He is the God that is greater than all the generals. He is the God that created this world with a word, and he is the God that will cremate this world one day with a whisper. This Proverbs 26, verse 10 says, He is the, God, the great God who formed all things. And I like how what Jeremiah said. He said, Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power <clears throat> and outstretched arm. There is nothing, there is nothing too hard for thee. Let that sink into your mind. Let that sink into your heart. There is nothing too hard for God. You see, the God that created this world, he controls this world. And the God that created this world, he can do anything in this world, through this world, for this world, with this world that he chooses to do. Psalm 115.3 says, but, God, but our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. I don't know about you, but the, when I think about my God and I think about how powerful he is and all the things that are in this universe to know that he created them all with a word. And the Bible says that he is going to be my helper. God is our help in time of trouble. God is our hope in time of tra tragedy. And when we get to the point where we realize how powerful our Heavenly Father is, how mighty He is, how majestic He is, you'll get to the place when, you, when there's nobody else you can turn to as God, you'll discover that God is all you need because He will give to you security. When you're in those circumstances in your life, you don't know which way to... God says, I'll give you security. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. But there's something else that he provides for us. Not only does he provide security, but secondly, we see in verse number 3 that he provides stability. Look at verse number 3. It says, He will not suffer thy foot, or he will not allow thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. But it says, He will not suffer thy foot... To be moved. Now, every now and again, the adversaries of life, whether they be at work, at home, in the neighborhood, they put on a full frontal attack. But you know what God says when those times come, when those attacks come, God says, if you will look to me, if you will rely on me, if you will trust in me, you will not stagger, you will not swagger, you will not be moved. Your foot shall be established on the solid rock of ages. I like what the uh, what Proverbs 3, 25 and 26 says. It says, don't be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence, and he will keep your foot from being caught. You know what these verses tell me? It tells me that any man, any woman that is standing upon the solid rock of ages, his foot will not be moved. You will not stumble. You will not slip. When everybody else around you is falling like flies, if you're standing with God, your feet will not stumble because God will provide not only security, but he will give to you stability. But there's a third thing that the psalmist talks about, what God will provide in those desperate times of need. He will provide security, stability, but we see in verse number 4 that he also will provide serenity. Look at verse number 4. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber 
nor sleep. Now I have come to realize something. I'm a brand new parent, and you know that. Parents worry, <laughs> don't we? You worry about your kids. And one of the things I worry about is that, you know, I can't be there all the time. I can't be by Joshua's side 24 hours a day, seven days a week throughout his whole life. I can't do that. You can't do that. I remember when Lisa was pregnant, she went to the, uh, was the first steps class about four, five, six weeks down at Erlanger Hospital. Well, there was a couple weeks in there that they had a clinic for new dads. And I, got, of course, got talked into going to that clinic, uh, got hogtied and got carried down there to go to that, go to that clinic. No, I'm, I'm glad I went. But when I went there, they had all these, all these guys in the room, and we were all going to be new parents, first-time dads. And I think it was the first night we were there that the instructor asked us all, he said, you're going to be new dads. What? And he wanted to know, he said, well, what's your greatest fear? What is it you're worried about more than anything else? And everybody had to answer the question, and some guys answered that they were afraid they wouldn't be a good dad. Some said they were afraid of doing something stupid or doing something wrong. A couple of them said they were afraid of changing a diaper, uh, afraid of dropping the baby, all these different kind of things. But when he came around to me, my, he asked me, what was my greatest fear? And I said, my greatest fear is things that I have no control over. When I worry, when my worry and I fear, I worry about my son. I worry about those times when he's away from me. One day he's going to grow up, he's going to go to school, and you hear about all kinds of things that happen in the schools, things that are out of my control. And, there's, and we as parents, you, you can't be with your kids all the time. You can't protect them 24 hours a day. You, you worry about them. But the Bible says right here that God, His watch does last 24 hours a day. He is by our side 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year, God does not sleep. God does not slumber. He is right there by your side all the way. He, does not, he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He gives us serenity. I think about, and that gives us, that's one of the reasons why we don't have to fear as Christians. That's one of the things that should allow us to sleep at night as Christians. We can sleep at night because God doesn't. He's always watching He's always watching over us. He's always taking care of us. When you can't be there, he's watching. He's right there. He gives us serenity. I think of, I think of King David. You remember the time when David and Absalom were getting into it and, and David was thrown off the throne for a while and he was running from his own son and there was, there was wanted posters all over the kingdom with David's picture on and over top of that it said, Wanted, dead or alive. David was to be shot on sight. But I, it's amazing to me, it's something that David wrote right in the middle of that situation, right while all that was going on. I want you to listen to what David wrote. This is what he wrote. He says, I will both lie down and sleep in perfect peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now, I don't know about you, but that, that caused me to just, to, that gives me comfort. God's in complete control. He's not going to go to sleep. He's not going to fall asleep at the post. He is watching over you and he is watching over me. I heard about a story that took place, a true story that took place back in the war, World War II. It's about a particular bombing mission. A B-29 was to fly to a particular place and was to drop a bomb. It had a primary target and it had a secondary target. Well, when the B-29 reached its primary target, uh, it, it, was, it flew over the target for quite a while. It flew over the target for, uh, for 30 minutes, for 45 minutes. And then finally, after an hour, it was still flying over its target, but there was a cloud that was flying over the target, and it could not see its target. And it flew over it for a while, and it, its, its gas began to get low, and things weren't working out, and so it ended up having to, to go on to its second target. It gave it one last look, but the cloud was still there, and it couldn't see its target. 
So they flew to the second. The plane flew to its secondary target, and it dropped the bomb there. Well, a few weeks after that, there was some military intelligence that come through to the, to the generals of, the, of, the, of, of that ordeal and everything that was going on there, and it sent chills up their spine because they found out that one week prior to when that mission was to take place, one week prior to when that bomb was to be dropped, the enemy forces brought in all these POWs into that very city with the greatest concentration of them being Americans. Had it not been for that cloud hovering over that target, thousands of Americans would have lost their lives and it, that cloud spared the lives of thousands of American people. And all the people, when they found out about that, when they read the intelligence and things, they said, thank God for that cloud. But I think about that. I was thinking about all the fiery bombs that Satan's trying to drop on us. He tries to get us depressed, tries to get us discouraged, tries to, tries to get us in despair. But the Bible says that God shields us. God takes care of us, and God watches over us in all of these things. He gives us security, stability, and serenity. But there's something else I want you to look at. Not only is the Lord our provider, but thirdly, I want you to see how the Lord is our protector. How the Lord is our protector. Look at verse number 5. Verse number 5 says, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. That word keep is a word that's used, many, that's used six times. It's a key word in this particular passage. It's used six times in this one psalm. And it literally means to protect. It literally means to guard. And first of all, there's two things that I want you to see about this protection that God gives. He talks about, first of all, how that he is our shield. He says, God is our shield. He says, the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Now, we're specifically told that the Lord stands at our right-hand side. Now, have you ever thought about why? What's so special about the right-hand side? Well, I'm not sure about this, but as I understand it, when I read history and different things, I understand when a, when an, when a soldier went out, he had two primary weapons. He had a shield and he had a sword. And if he had to give up either one of them, he would gladly give up his sword because that shield is what he used to keep him alive. That's what he used to protect himself. And that shield was very, very important. And he carried that shield on his left-hand side. With his right-hand side, he carried the sword. On his right-hand side is where he was most vulnerable. And wouldn't you know it, that's exactly where God said he will put his strength. Wouldn't you know it? And in our lives, I found it to be true in my life. At my point of my greatest weakness, that's where God gives his strength. It says, and that's what he's talking about. God is our shield. He will be at our right hand side. When you are at your weakest, God will supply his strength. He will be at your right hand side. Not only he is our shield, but secondly, he is our shade. He is our shade. He says in uh, the, verse number 5 and 6, The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. Sometimes, as you well know, and, and sometimes the trials of life, they get, they get severely hot. They get intensely hot. Sometimes you're going through life and the trials are so bad that they, they feel like a burning heat and a blinding light just beating down upon you, beating the very life out of you sometimes. But the psalmist is telling us that God will be your shade. God will shade you from the bright light. God will shade you from the intense heat. In both the bright light of the sun and the night light of the moon, God promised that he will protect us. He is our shield. He protects us from both heat and harm. Now, if you're here tonight and you're in one of those situations and the sun's beating down upon you, the trials are hot, 
and they're heavy. Listen, if we'll go to God, we don't have to sweat. We don't have to shiver. We don't have to shake because the Bible says God will take care of us. He will be your shield. He will be your shade. And I thank God that he will take care of us. Satan is out there all the time trying to defeat us and tear us down, but God will be your shield. The Lord is our provider. The Lord is our protector. But there's a third thing in the story that I want to point out to you. Not only do we see that the Lord is our provider and our protector, but we also see that the Lord is our preserver. He is our preserver. Look at verse number 7. He says, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. Now this tells us that not, God not only protects us and God not only provides for us, but God will preserve you. Now this does not say that God will prevent you from going through the trials and going through the troubles because we know that we do go through those things. God does allow us to go through those things. He doesn't prevent us from going through those things, but God promises that He will protect us. He promises that He will preserve us through the trouble. Two things that He preser- how He preserves us. Number one, I see that He preserves us from all evil. He preserves us from all evil. For it says plainly, verse 7, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. And there's something interesting about that phrase. That is not talking about God preserving you from evil that is done to you. That is, God will pres- it's saying that God will preserve you from evil that you will do. You heard it said, and I know you've heard it said a thousand times, this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. I think that's exactly what the psalmist is talking about right there. God promises that if you will follow Him, if you will obey Him, if you will serve Him, He will deliver you from those times of temptation. And He will make, you, make it much easier for you. How many of you need help resisting temptation? How many of you have a hard time when temptation comes? It's a difficult thing sometimes to say no. And some, Satan has his methods and Satan has his ways and he knows what our weak points are and he knows exactly where to attack you. I have red buttons that you don't have. You have red buttons that I don't have. But Satan knows what our weak points are and Satan will attack us on those things. But God says that he will deliver us from evil. See, the closer you are to God and the closer that God is to you, the easier it's going to be for you to say no when temptation comes your way. It'll be easier for you to say no and to resist that temptation when Satan presents you with it. I heard about a young man. He had just recently been saved, and he got back with some of his older friends. They were, they were unsaved. And they began to ask him, they said, hey, let's go over to this place, this certain place that they used to go to. And it was one of those places that a Christian has no business being there. And the young man that just got saved, he said, he said I'd like to, but, but I can't. You see, I've got this good friend, and I, he loves me very much, and I love him very much. And he wouldn't want to go there, and I'm not going to go without him. So the guy said, well, okay, well, let's go get your friend. We'll ask him. Maybe he'll want to go with us. And the guy said, no, no, he won't want to. I can tell you right now, he's not going to want to go. And they, they pressed him out. They said, no, let's, let's just go ask him. He might want to come with us. And the fellow said, no, I'm telling you, I've known him for a long time. And he said, my friend's name is the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the closer you and I get to Jesus, the closer we walk with him, and the closer he walks with us, he will find that He will preserve us from sin. He will preserve us from committing sin. There's so many things I can think in my life, things that I've fallen, things that I've messed up in, and times that I've not resisted the temptation when I should. And it seems like every time it's because I'm not walking with Jesus like I should be. I'm not as close to Him as I should be. And you know, when you're close to Jesus, it's so much easier. 
so much easier to say no to temptation when we're walking with Him. And that's exactly what the psalmist says. When you're walking with Him, He will preserve you from all evil. But there's another thing. Not only will He preserve us from all evil, but it says He will preserve us for all eternity. He will preserve us for all eternity. Look at verse number 8. He said, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. I like what one writer said about that verse. He said, he said this verse is one of the greatest one-sentence statements about the eternal security of the believer found in the Word of God. You know that the very moment that you got saved, the very moment that you were birthed into the family of God and your name was written in the Lamb's book of life, throughout all eternity, God promises to preserve and protect your soul. Now, I, I, my heart goes out. There are many, 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 many that believe that they could lose their salvation. They go through life and they're so afraid that they're going to fall from grace. And they, they get in their mind that once they get saved, that all of a sudden they're in a race with the devil. They get saved and they start running toward heaven just as fast as they can, thinking that Satan's right on their tail trying to grab, back, grab them and pull them back into hell. And they think that when they finally do pass from this life and they finally do get into heaven, that they're going to run, run right through the front doors of heaven, slam the door, lock it, swallow the key, and wipe the sweat off their brow and say, finally made it. Now I don't have to worry about falling from grace. I don't know about you, but I, I, my heart goes out to people like that. I hate it because the Bible is very clear that once you're saved, you're always going to be saved. And it, it doesn't matter about our faith. And they always say, well... What if, I, what if I, my faithfulness, what if I'm not faithful to God? Surely he's not going to accept me if I'm not faithful to him. It doesn't matter. The thing that matters is God's faithfulness to us. You see, I don't know about you, but I've made a lot of promises in my life to people and to God. And I'm ashamed to stand before you and admit I've made promises to God that I haven't kept. But there has not been one time that God's made a promise to me that he hasn't kept. And he promises that he will preserve our soul to the end. And another thing that, worry, that I think about when I think about people and they, they talk about losing their salvation, falling from grace, and can't wait till I get to heaven. I won't have to worry about it anymore. Well, I don't know if they thought about it this way. But you remember Satan fell from grace? Lucifer? Where was Lucifer when he fell from grace? He was in heaven. And uh, those people, you, they get to think about that and you think you're going to fall from grace. If they think they can fall from grace here, what's to make them believe that they won't fall from grace when they get to heaven? Satan did. A third of the angels did. What we have to stand on is the promises of the Word of God. He is faithful to the very end. He preserves for all eternity. I thank God that I am preserved unto the very end. He promises that He will never let us go, and He preserves us to the very end. And actually what it says, He will preserve us even beyond the end forevermore. I thank God that every one of us, we get in those times in life, we get in those places where the only thing we know to say is help. I need help. And only God alone can help me. God says right here, I hope you... Now, I'm not a very good... I'm not the best preacher, but these are some wonderful promises from the Word of God. And I hope you, you remember these things, that God, in those times where you need help, where you have nowhere else to turn, God promises that He will be your provider. God promises that He will be your protector. And God promises that He will be your preserver. We are safe in His everlasting arms. Aren't you thankful for that? Praise the Lord. Amen. Take your prayer seat if you would, and we want to go to the Lord in prayer. We want to remember these things. We want to remember our missionary of the week and our church of the week. Our missionary of the week is 
Mickey and Cookie Johnson, they're working to evangelize Eastern and Western Europe, so we want to pray for them, pray for the Johnson family. And then our church of the week is Calvary Baptist Church. I mentioned to you earlier, Campbellsville, Kentucky. Brother Larry Rhodes is pastor there. Where Brother Ken is in meeting this week, finishing up tonight, so we want to pray for that church. Miss Hubbard, she's been moved from the hospital earlier this week, or actually, was it last week? Or anyway, several days back, she's at the NHC in Fort Oglethorpe. Went by to see her today. Uh, at Memorial Hospital, we want to remember uh, Mrs. Dantzler and Mr. Dantzler as well. Pray for them. And also, uh, Sister Sherry called me earlier tonight. want to add to your list Debbie Burke. She is an SICU at Memorial Hospital. We want to pray for her and for the family. I understand that's a serious situation there, so we want to remember them in our prayers. But I wonder just before we pray and before some of you men and many of you men and women want to gather around the altars, anybody has any, have any requests, any public uh, prayer requests you'd have the, like to have the church remember in prayer? How about anybody over here on my left-hand side? Yes. Okay. A neighbor having heart surgery. Brother Eddie? Okay, pray for John Smith. He pastors up in West Virginia. Pardon me? And Doreen, remember these things. Yes, Mary. Okay, test. Yes. Yes. Remember a lost love and lost brother. Somebody else over here on my left. Okay, how about down the middle? Anybody have any re prayer requests down the middle? Center section, S-I-N-N-E-R, the center section's in the middle here. Arlen? Surgery. Okay, remember this request. Anybody else in the middle? Have any requests? Peggy? <clears throat> Okay, continue to remember that prayer request. Brother Roy? Yeah, I think that was Monday or two. It was earlier in the week, and I think they've already had the surgery. Now, from what I understand, everything went well, but we do want to continue to remember Jim Ammons, was it his grand, grandson? Jim Ammons' grandson had an accident and had to have surgery, had swelling on the brain and things. But continue to remember that request. Yes? Hmm. Remember this request. Somebody else? Anybody else in the middle? Okay, how about over here on my right? Any requests over here, Lisa? Yeah, Lisa's sister-in-law, I guess my sister-in-law too, grandfather, right? In serious situation. Yes, pray for Myrna. Pray for this. Need some help? <laughs> All right. Remember the 4th of July program. Joyce, remember this request. Anybody else? Any requests anybody has? Unspoken requests, Brother Ronnie? <clears throat> He's home today, right? Until yeah, going back tomorrow or Friday. All right, having surgery on. Pray for Brother RJ. Broke his leg in three places. Anybody else? Any other requests across the building before we pray? All right, I'll ask all of you who will, if you just want to gather around the altar here. Many of you, if many of you will do that. Some of you may want to kneel right where you're at. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's pray for our, particularly our missionary of the week, the Johnson family, the church of the week, Calvary Baptist Church. 
we want to remember all these things. And of course, pray for Brother Ken. He's probably preaching at this very moment. So let's remember him in the meeting as they close out that meeting tonight. Brother Tommy Eller, would you mind leading us in prayer and then I will close. Father, we come before you now and we just want to lift up to you the many, many requests that's been mentioned very dear to our hearts and to each one that was given. Lord, we lift up each and every one of them, those that are in the hospital, those that are facing tests, those that are facing death, and those that have already experienced the death of loved ones. And Lord, all these things, Lord, we lift them all up to you and we ask you to meet each need according to your will. And Lord, we pray for the requests of those that we're praying for those to be saved, some that we've been praying for for many years. We continue to lift those up to you for lost loved ones. We pray that they would be saved. Pray that your Holy Spirit would knock on their heart's door and make them realize that they're lost. They need a Savior. Lord, I pray that you'll just deal with their hearts, wherever they may be, even right at this moment, deal with their hearts. Lord, we want to remember our missionary of the week. We pray for the Johnson family. We thank you for men and women and families that will sacrifice and leave their homeland and to go elsewhere and to serve you and to uh, tell the wonderful gospel message and spread the message in a foreign land. Lord, I pray you'll bless the Johnsons. I pray that you'll just encourage them, whatever their needs may be, physical, spiritual, emotional needs, I pray that you'll just meet them all and encourage them today. Give them a new zeal. Give them a new vision for what you can do in, in them and through them where you have them there in Europe. And Lord, we pray for Calvary Baptist Church. Pray for Brother Larry. Pray that you would just bless him. I pray you encourage him this week. And Lord, I pray that uh, this week would not be just a revival meeting, but it would be true revival. Pray that you would just encourage his heart, encourage 
the leaders in that church, the deacons and the Sunday school teachers. Lord, I pray that you would uh, light a fire afresh in their heart this week. And Lord, I pray that you would just use them to be a lighthouse in the community that you have them. And many, many souls will be saved as a result of that ministry. I pray that you'll use Brother Ken tonight as he gives the message that you've laid on his heart. Lord, I pray that you'll just anoint him and use this meeting, Father. And and Lord, we thank of those that are in the hospital. We thank of the Dan- Miss Dantzler and Mr. Dantzler. Lord, we pray for both of them for strength. And pray for Debbie Burke and her family, all the family involved there. Lord, we pray that you'll just meet each need. Father, we thank you that you are a God that can help and will help. And you are a very present help in time of trouble. And we are so thankful for that. And Lord, I pray you'll remind us of these things when we get in those situations. Lord, many times you put us there just so we will look to you. Lord, I pray that we'll do that. And we, Lord, we know that you'll be faithful to us because you are always faithful. Thank you for the promises of your word. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for everyone that came. I pray you'll give us a good remainder of the week. Lord, I pray that you'll just help us to be a witness wherever you have us to be, at work, in the neighborhood. May people see Jesus in our lives this week. And Lord, we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, I thank each and every one of you for coming tonight. And it's good to see good numbers tonight with Juana being out, a lot of the workers in here, but it's good to have everyone. But don't forget about Sunday school, 945 sharp Sunday morning. Invite somebody, ask your neighbor, ask them to come to church with you, all right? But Lord bless you, you are dismissed. Mm-hmm.